Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of 211's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker, alongside my dad, Chris Baker, as usual. And here's what we have on the menu for you guys today. We'll talk about Rowdy Telez clutch bat. Vlad Guerrero Jr. sat out Victoria Day, but he's still the Jays' hottest hitter. We'll talk about Troy Chilowitzki's comments, and anyone that's listened since day one knows that I do not enjoy Troy Chilowitzki. <laughs> uh, and we will talk the last week in Blue Jays baseball. Chris, how are you today? I'm good. I'm really glad Troy Tulowitzki made comments this week because it's been a while. And, you know, this is kind of a milestone episode. It's episode 30, so you got to have some Tulo. As much as I don't want to talk about Tulo ever because giving him attention just gives him more to feed off of. His little Pretty serpent serious, brain loves that. But, you know, I don't, I don't like talking Tulo, but we will talk some more Tulo <laughs> here in episode 30. It is our 30th episode, as you mentioned. Thank you all very much for tuning in every week to listen in uh we really appreciate it so let's get right into things rowdy telez has had a very clutch bat this year and he's been a pleasant surprise for the toronto blue Jays. he's been relatively consistent too so i ask you this simple question right off the bat is there a shot that rowdy telez sticks with the club when it's winning uh well things are getting rowdy and and I would say, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why not. I mean, he may be relegated to the bench at some point as a uh, as a utility player, but I don't think I don't think you see him go anywhere. I mean, he's got the pop. He's getting the dingers lately. I mean, you, you know, nobody expects him to do that on a daily basis. But at the same time, you know, what he's shown so far is the ability to hit for power. And he's shown so far the ability to hit consistently. And I, I think he's, you know, not a below average first baseman by any stretch either. So there's opportunity there. Uh, and really, who are the first basemen coming up for the Blue Jays? I don't see anybody or can think of anybody that's of any significance compared to Rowdy. So, yeah, I think there's probably a, a great chance that he sticks. Yeah, I, I certainly think so, too. I think Rowdy has really proven himself in the big leagues that last year, last September, wasn't just a fluke. He can produce relatively well and be somewhat consistent at the big league level. I mean, looking at the Jays' top 30 prospects right now, uh, there's Ryan Noda, who can play first base and some outfield. Chad Spanberger was on the list last year. He's no longer on that list. So the Jays don't really have many people Coming up from the coming up in the system that can play some first base. Obviously, Kevin Biggio can play there every once in a while, but I don't see Kevin Biggio as an everyday first baseman. I think he he'll be a utility guy. But uh, you know what? I don't see any reason why Rowdy Telez can't stick on this team in the future because you know what? He's produced relatively well, and like you said, he's not below average defensively. He's a pretty good first baseman. And we saw we saw a play today where Vlad Guerrero Jr. threw from the seat of his pants. And Rowdy made a nice scoop on a ball that would have been that was a tough bounce. You know what? So Rowdy has been good over there at first base, and he's been really, really impressive so far this season to me, at least. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. So moving on, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. sat out Victoria Day, but uh, he's still the Jays' hottest hitter. So the fans hated it, but didn't seem to affect Vladdy too much. He he's continued to stay hot. But what do you think that they could have possibly been thinking sitting Vladdy out on I think a the, holiday I think, during a well, day game when fans were actually at the ballpark? <laughs> I think they weren't thinking. I mean, I think that's the bottom line. They weren't thinking, and, and it was an atrocious move by a front office that uh, constantly has heat on them, and this was not a way to get the heat off of them. 
uh, you know, I mean, take Tuesday off, take Sunday off when you're, you know, playing in wherever the heck they were Sunday, Chicago. And, you know, don't take Victoria Day, a big holiday in Canada off. And, you know, I felt, you know, the one person I felt really bad for, too, was Charlie Montoyo. Uh, following Ross Atkins' interview afterwards, trying to explain it. I mean, under the bus we go, we go, because that is what he basically did. And Atkins knew that he was doing it, too, because he was basically turtling the whole time. So, uh, you know, it was just disgusting. It was a disgusting display of of tone deafness uh, and, and not listening to the fan base or being... Uh, aware of the fact that there was a significant holiday in Canada. You can put it on Charlie Montoyo all you want, Ross, but the reality is Charlie Montoyo just got here. He doesn't know this stuff. So as you quietly said in almost a whisper at the end of your interview, maybe my one regret is not telling him about Victoria Day. Yeah, that should have been said loudest and said first, because that is you not telling him because you are a tone-deaf front office. And I'm sorry, but this just proved it this week. Yeah, I don't love to hate on the Blue Jays front office because I think they are doing good things to the squad. And we sit here as the Jays are getting dismantled by the Red Sox. But uh, I think they are doing good things for the team. But you know what? Not knowing that there was a holiday in Canada. I mean, Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro have no excuses. If you would have told me that, that they didn't realize in 2016, I would have been you know, like, you know what? Okay, it's their first year. Welcome to Canada. We have a holiday. Yeah, but same thing with Charlie Montoya. That's what I'm saying. Right? I know, and that's that's, that's what I'm trying to get to. It's Charlie Montoya's first first full year in Canada. He doesn't know all the holidays. He doesn't know the significance of certain days. He doesn't know that fans are going to show up at the ballpark on Victoria Day because it's an afternoon game, so why not go to the ballpark? Ross Atkins should have known this. There are no excuses. It's been three years now. This is third year, fourth year. In, as the Blue Jays GM, so there are no excuses to not inform Charlie Montoyo, hey, Victoria Day is a pretty big deal. We get fans to come to the ballpark on Victoria Day. You better not sit Vlad. You cannot put this on Charlie Montoyo. I think it was ridiculous that he did. I think it was awful, awful move by a general manager to throw your manager under the bus because I don't think that Charlie was fully aware of how much or how many fans would come on Victoria Day. So you know what? I don't think it was Charlie's fault and anyone ripping Charlie Montoya shouldn't be. The front office, it caused this and of ripping up office. I think they are doing good things for the team. But this, this was just something else. It was brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. I mean, the the thing was, the thing that was brutal the most was the, the fact that you could tell Ross Atkins knew he was hurling his manager under the bus. He's usually more confident in circling the wagons and never giving us a straight answer. But in this case, he was very quiet in circling the wagons and never giving us a straight answer. And that, you could tell, was him feeling really bad about what he was about to do because he knew he was doing it. And, and it just made it even worse, which he tends to do now. I'm not sure why, but, it, you know, I mean, I remember going back to the comments in spring training about Vlad and everybody getting all over him about about stuff about the defense and things like that. He just makes things worse for himself. He continued to do so under this situation. And yeah, you're right. I mean, you can't put this on Charlie Montoya. You can if he does it again. If he were to do it to Bo Bichette next season, then yeah, this is on Montoya. But uh, but it's really not in this case. And for the for the garbage clowns out there too that are all worried about the fact that you know we're getting pumped up and worked up about what fans want to see versus what's good for the team. The reality is an off day and rest was coming for Vladdy, no matter what, whether it was Sunday, Monday or Tuesday, it was coming. 
and the re- and and you're right. I mean, for those that say you shouldn't worry about what the fans think, you got to do what's the long term benefit of the team. I agree with that, except for one fact: you could have given them Sunday off, and you could have given them Tuesday off. So, in this case, this was one where you knew you were going to have twenty six thousand plus fans in the stadium, and you didn't let him play, and that was just brutal. Yeah, I mean. No one cares if you sit Vlad Guerrero Jr. on a Sunday in Chicago in a series that's been up and down. No one cares if you sit him on a Tuesday. doesn't matter that you're at home. It's a Tuesday. Not very many fans are going to come to the ballpark on a Tuesday. But on a Monday where it's Victoria Day and you're playing in the afternoon, it's a holiday, a national holiday. I, I believe it's national, something like that. There's something in every province. might not be Victoria Day per se, but there is something in every province. People want to come over. People want to come see Vlad Guerrero Jr., the, the next big thing in Blue Jays baseball. They want to see him play. And it was ridiculous and awful that the front office did not play him. But he stayed hot, as I've mentioned several times. He hit his first five home runs in the big leagues in just eight days. So what do you think his slash line will be, average home runs, RBI, by the end of the year? I don't think that's at all easy to predict. I wouldn't even put a number behind it. All I'm, all I'm going to say is I think that he is uh, he's coming around. He's had a bad day today. Uh, noticed in his final at bat last night uh, versus the Red Sox. It looked weak. He was. Uh, it would look like old Vladdy, the one before he started hitting, where he was swinging at some really bad sliders, and uh, I got a little worried there. He hasn't done anything today in his 0 for 4 uh, plate appearances to prove me wrong on this one. I, I felt like he was reverting a little bit back to uh, being a little aggressive all of a sudden. I didn't know what was going on there. I knew it was almost extra innings. In fact, it probably was extra innings at the time I was watching that at bat last night, and today has kind of trailed off into exactly that again. And I'm a little concerned there. I think he's going to have his ups and downs because he is a, a rookie, but uh, I think that also makes it very hard to predict slash lines for a, a brand new player to the major leagues. Yeah. You know what? I, I agree with that. Vladdy is a rookie. Like you said, he's going to have ups and downs. He's going to have stretches where it's, it's terrible. It's just awful baseball being played terrible at bats. Then he's going to have stretches like he just had, five home runs in eight days and he destroys everyone and no one can stand in his way. So expect inconsistency from Vladdy this year, but I do think that he will have around 20 to 25 home runs this year. That's my prediction. I can't predict average because you know what? It's going to be inconsistent and that can do things that can do some bad things to your average. But um, RBIs, I think will be near 70. 75 maybe in home runs 2025 so i think he'll have a pretty good year but like you said there are going to be a lot of ups and downs this year as it is his first year in the big leagues he's still getting used to the big league pitching so don't expect him to hit 330 with 35 home runs and 125 rbi because it's just not gonna happen but you know what i think vladi will get between 2025 home runs and 70 and 75 rbi because another thing, too, is he doesn't have great hitters in front of him that are going to get on base every time. I mean, he's been hitting second, which I adore. But who's hitting first? Freddie Galvis or Eric Sogard? They're not necessarily – Eric Sogard's actually been relatively good at getting on base, but they're not known to get on base and to get into scoring position. So you know what? Vladdy has not had very many opportunities to drive in runs, but and, and I don't think he will down the road. It's going to be up to him to create his own runs with home runs and – and hopefully getting someone on base. But, you know, I, I do think he'll get between 20 and 25 home runs and have between 70 and 75 
RBI this year. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good prediction. Yeah, it's not terrible for a rookie either. It's pretty good. Uh, moving on, we all know my deep, passionate love for young superstar Troy Tulowitzki, especially after his meltdown last year, saying he'd only play short. But he might have just gained a lot more love after yesterday. Troy said to Aaron Boone, the manager of the New York Yankees, that he'd play second or third or wherever he was needed if he had to something that he was completely against doing last year in Toronto. So, what did you make of the comments? Well, it just proves that he wasn't right of mind last year because this is where he is now in his career. He needs to understand that. He's not a starting shortstop, never will be again. He's not going to be uh, the Troy Tulowitzki he once was, which, by the way, was a million years ago. Like, I mean, does this guy not understand that he hasn't been the Troy Tulowitzki he once was since he was the Troy Tulowitzki he once was, which was in Colorado years and years ago. Like, I mean, it's about time that he finally comes to, to sort of the realization that where he's at in his career, the honest truth of it is he's begging for playing time. Now the chances he gets full-time playing time are pretty much none. Now he's going to be upset about that, but why didn't you get it? Why did you get it so upset last year? I mean, the reality was that you hadn't played a game. And, and you were not going to be the starting shortstop. You could have still been here and probably had more playing time with the Blue Jays than he's ever going to get with the Yankees had he shut his mouth. But instead, they released him. Uh, unfortunately, they're paying the Yankees to take him. But um, at the same time, you know, I wouldn't want him here anyway. Yeah, and he didn't want to be here. But I don't care. You're not what you used to be, Troy. You're not the gold glove winning shortstop. You're not the all-star shortstop. You're not the guy that everyone was saying could be a future Hall of Famer. He's not that. He's, he hasn't been that for years. Like you said, really, his only good year with the Blue Jays is 2015. After that, he was garbage. He was, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He was terrible. Yeah, well, it, he was not a good baseball player. And he player. wasn't the best and he in was not 2015 a good... either, let's be honest. He was an average at best shorts. He was, no, sorry, I should say defensively he was above average. But uh, from an offensive side of things, he was average at best in 2015, and that made him good, potentially. But I guess it was good compared to what he was after that. But still, nothing to write home about. Yeah, for sure. And Tarchilowski knows that he's not going to play anywhere anymore if the Yankees can avoid it because he's not a quality player. He's not. And I'm glad he's finally realizing it because otherwise he would have been stuck running his mouth for the rest of his career. But you know what? It, 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 it makes me a little bit mad that he would say that last year and not come to the realization last year after he had played, what was it, like 20 games in the last three years? He wasn't the same guy. He was riddled with injuries. And he, when he was healthy, he wasn't doing well. The fact that it took him so long to realize that he's not the same guy is I think what makes me the most mad because you know what? He hasn't been good for several years. So you know what? Good on Trotilowitzki. You're finally realizing that you're not a good baseball player anymore. You used to be. And now maybe, just maybe, Troy Trotilowitzki can find the good in his cold-blooded heart to be a leader and accept the fact that he's not the superstar of the team anymore and maybe mentor some young guys because he was great defensively in his prime. And he can be a great leader, I'm sure of it. But right now, he's not. And he's not going to be until he proves me otherwise, until he starts leading. Because running your mouth and saying that 
you're only going to play shortstop and then going out and doing and doing the opposite the next year saying, you know what, I'll play wherever you need me. That's not very leader like to me. You stick with what you were going to say. If you if you're if you're going to be a leader like Marcus Stroman and tell the players that or likely tell the players that they should be confident, then you stick with your guns at only playing shortstop. But he's realizing now that he's not the same guy he used to be. So Troy Tulowitzki has to now play second and third base, which I think won't be a bad move for Tulowitzki. But he has to he, he has to be a leader now because he's a veteran, and that's all anyone's going to sign him for if they do sign him at all. Otherwise, he's getting paid by the Jays. Too low. Glad we never have to hear that again. Uh, moving on to the last week in Blue Jays baseball now. Uh, Derek Law has been less than impressive. Would you like to share, share your thoughts on Derek Law? Uh, less than impressive. And every time he comes in in these semi-high leverage situations, I get that last night he was coming in in a fresh inning, but uh, not really the guy to bring in there when you want to not have the other team score runs, at least not right now. Although I will say in his second inning last night, uh, he was much better, but uh, not my uh, not my choice if I'm in a higher leverage situation or headed to extra innings potentially, not who I would pick to put out there. Was he really that good in the second inning, though? I mean, he got helped by Vladdy making an insane diving catch on a popped-up bunt, but he wasn't really great last night. And in the high-leverage situations, you don't want to bring in Elvis Luciano either, as he has been inconsistent this year, uh, and he will be for the rest of the year because he is 19 years old. I was just going to say, he basically wears a diaper, so, you know, maybe maybe the diaper gets in the way. I don't know what it is. He's not the guy, (laughs) though, as well. I agree with you. And and so, you know, I, I think the Blue Jays' bullpen has some guys that can do that, uh, but Law certainly is not one of them. And nor is Luciano, but there is reason for future optimism if you're a Blue Jays fan with Elvis Luciano because he does have good stuff and he's got so much potential. Uh, as we we're just getting a final now in the Blue Jays-Red Sox game, 8-2. to two. Um, Good series. Thoughts and reaction after Quality that game? series. Good series. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on yeah. to another inconsistent thing. The Blue Jays offense, it's more inconsistent than Elvis Luciano and that's saying something. But it also it is also to be expected. It's a rebuilding year. You know what? You're not going to get great offense at, in every game this season because the team isn't good. Scott MacArthur said it. You know what? It was something that I was trying to hold back on saying. But the team isn't good. There aren't good players on this baseball team. It's not like they're rebuilding and like, you know what? They're not going to be that bad. Maybe the young guys will carry. No, it's a bad baseball team. So the offense has been inconsistent, and it will be for the rest of the year. Uh, we experimented with a lefty knuckleballer. <laughs> Didn't work out too well. Uh, Vladdy on Sunday showed that he could play Mr. Clutch too. I believe it was Sunday. It might have been Saturday. No, Sunday, because Saturday there was the rainout. But uh, Sunday, Vlad showed that he can come up with a clutch home run every once in a while as he led the... White Sox, or led the Blue Jays to a victory over the White Sox. Danny Jansen, the bat is coming around. It was to be expected, wasn't it? I think so. I I mean, I don't know how consistent he'll be. He's been working so hard on his defense, and that's okay for me. I'm all about defense when it comes to the catcher. Uh, If you can get a good offense, maybe a 250 average out of him for each year, I I, I say that's a pretty good catcher. And 
Uh, I think that's where Jano will eventually be. I just think that this year I would expect, if I'm a Jays fan, some inconsistency as he focuses more on defense, which has been phenomenal, by the way. Uh, And then, you know, probably come around toward the end of this year, early next year, but it's nice to see him coming around right now. Let's see if he can be consistent with it. But again, like I don't put a ton of stock in that, uh, especially first full, full season as catcher for the Jays. Yeah, for sure. You know what? You want to know your pitching staff to keep runs off the board for the other team. And Jansen, if he does that, if he knows the pitching staff well enough to keep runs off the board, he doesn't have to hit insanely well. He's got uh, offensive players that can do that for him because uh, the runs are staying low for the Red Sox, for example, and uh, the Jays only have to score four or five runs in a game. Um, moving on to the minor leagues, Yenzi Diaz spun another gem in double A, going seven scoreless innings, allowing two hits and striking out eight. And Patrick Murphy continues to be a strong, consistent starter in double A. Could we see Yenzi Diaz, who is on the 40 man roster up with the Blue Jays in September? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I I don't know that that's in fact going to happen. Uh, but he's certainly been impressive, and uh, you know the pitching is is well needed up on the big league roster. So you never know. But you see Kevin Biggio and others down in the uh, in the minors still. So who knows with this front office? Uh, it's a possibility, but you can't predict Atkins. Yeah, and I think that um, Yenzi Diaz and Patrick Murphy is also on the forty man. I think seeing them both up in the big leagues, making maybe making a spot start here or there, would be great because you know what they're probably the two best starters that the Jays have on their 40-man roster right now that aren't in the big leagues. So it'd be great to see Yenzi Diaz and uh, Patrick Murphy come up because Diaz started off inconsistent, but he has really, really shown that he can be a very good starter, uh, in the minor leagues at least. Since then, uh, Patrick Murphy's been consistently good. He's had consistent quality starts this season, and it's been really good to see because you know what? People are saying the Jays need a lot more pitching depth. They do. They need a ton of bullpen help for the future and they need a few starters. But if Nate Pearson comes up and he is the guy that they say that they say that they say he will be for a few years. And then you have guys like Yenzi Diaz and Patrick Murphy, who could probably be three or four in a lot of rotations, maybe even five, if you need them to be, that's, that's pretty good. You just grab a, a few more starters from either free agency or in the system. And you know what? You're set. We have guys like Eric Pardino who are going to be a while, but you know what? He hasn't thrown a pitch this year, so it might be even longer. So you know what? I don't think the Jays need as much pitching depth as people say they do, at least with the way they're performing right now, but they do still need pitching depth. One of the guys that we talked about just now was Nate Pearson, who uh, is the Blue Jays' best pitching prospect. He had his first rough outing this season, but it still wasn't that bad. He went four innings, allowed seven hits, three runs, two walks, six strikeouts. It wasn't awful. It wasn't good by any standard. Um, are you actually glad to see Nate Pearson having a rough start here and there in double? Well, I mean, he has to learn. I mean, he's never going to have be perfect all the way through. Um, what my concern more is that I haven't seen the Jays really start to push him. I, I think it's time. Um, you know, I mean, this five inning, two inning thing was fun while it lasted, but uh, it's probably time to go five and five and five and five, and then maybe extend it out from there. I mean. I don't, I don't know what you're protecting him from now at this point. I get it when he's first back, um, but I think now is the time to to push him a little bit and see where he goes from there. Well, listen, I, I heard Shadavidi mention it um, earlier on in the season, 
if he keeps going with the five and two, he should be around a hundred innings by the end of the season. And that sets him up to possibly go 140 next season, which would be ideal for the Blue Jays, whether that's in AAA with some of it being in the big leagues or whether that's still in AA with some of it being in AAA. I think that I don't mind the five-inning, two-inning thing because, you know what, if that sets him up to have 140 innings next year, I'm happy with that. So I don't have a problem with it personally. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if they kept going because the front office likes to take their time with developing youngsters to make sure they get their maximum development and they reach their maximum potential in the big leagues. So we thank you all very much for tuning in to episode 30 of 211's Baseball Talk. Legends are made by Sam Tenez. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Taking you out. We will see you all 